Welcome to The Detail Rag. I'm your host, Brian, where we talk about auto detailing, the people, the products, and the processes that encourage us to share the shine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Detail Rag. Uh, This is episode number two of Shooting the Shine with Springer. And just to let you know that uh, Paul and I are doing a little test today. We're actually on camera with each other for the first time. And so it's kind of throwing me off a little bit. So, Paul, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, man. How are we doing today? Good. I'm enjoying you being thrown off on camera. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not used to this trying to to watch and talk at the same time. It's just uh, confusing me here. Yeah, we're going to see if you read notes or not. (laughs) (laughs) Which is okay. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, as you both know, I'm your host, Brian. My side of the fence is empowered by detailersproducts.com. My co-host, Mr. Paul Springer, his side of the podcast is actually empowered by Time to Shine Products, which you can find at GoShineOn.com. Paul, anything else you want to say about Time to Shine Products? Um, Throw it out there, bro. Sure. So Evan's a good friend of mine. He started this. It's been over a year now. Um, Evan's a big metal polisher. And he likes to detail. He knows how to detail, but he's mostly a metal polisher. Which he has the podcast Polisher's Corner also. Yeah, he's got a great YouTube channel. He's a great, great guy. You know him. He's just a great guy. He's a good friend of mine. Yeah. And one of the greatest things about his product line is he used me to check out his products. I use them in the field. I told him this works, this doesn't do this, do that. So I helped okay. him design a few of them. I, I know he had other people too, but I got a part to play in how they are now, which to me is fabulous because I feel like that's something I've always wanted to do. I've never thought of starting my own product line. Um, to be part of that was just a blessing. It's a little uh, Paul Springer R&D. Yeah. 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 And he's, like I said, he's a good friend of mine. He trusts me. Um, yeah. Him and I just collab on a lot of things. You've probably seen our YouTube videos we've done together and um, we're going to do more in May. He's going to come out. And I've spent, uh, spent quite a bit of phone or quite a bit of phone time. Yeah. Quite a bit of time on the phone with him and, and he's a great guy. Extremely knowledgeable. Yeah. Super nice to talk to. Yep. Um, anybody who's interested in metal polishing at all, uh, look Evan up on, uh, it's Evan's polishing and detailing or is it the other way around? Evan's detailing and polishing. Yeah. Detailing and polishing. Detailing and polishing. Mm-hmm. Um, go shine on.com is a great guy. If any of you are interested, um, Paul, just real quick, um, uh, before we get going, as you know, this is kind of a, I don't know, I guess for me, this is just kind of a free for all for you and I to get to kind of talk a little bit about some things that have happened in our past month or so since we've talked or what's happened to you during the day and that kind of good stuff. Um, the last episode we did, we talked about people sending in emails and asking questions and, or having comments or whatever. Yeah. And we did get an email from a gentleman in Virginia named, uh, Dale Blankenship and Dale wanted to say that, uh, just a quick note about the last show. He says, you were all talking about using steel wool and glass. He says now, um, and I sorry, I, I missed this, but Dale actually owns a um, a body shop, and he says they've done it for years. And he says, but you have to be very careful as to get every little bit of the fibers off. 
He says, otherwise, it will create little rust spots on the paint as the steel fibers start to corrode when exposed to moisture. Yeah. He then again went to um, reaffirm what you said about the zeros and the different grades are referred to aughts. So triple zero would be triple aught grade. Um, he said the safer... Though more expensive alternative is to use bronze wool available at most boating supply stores. You never have to worry about the rust spots. So, Dale, if you're out there and you're listening to this episode, thank you so much for your uh, your email and your input. We appreciate it. Um, everybody else, if you have any input, please don't uh, hesitate to hit us up at the detailrag at gmail.com um, and let us know what you're thinking about. If you guys have questions for Paul, again, guys, Paul has. Um, I'm going to say over 30 years. Yeah. Over 30 years of experience in the detailing industry. And Paul does a little bit of everything. He does, again, he does um, fleet accounts. He does classic cars. He does show cars. He does daily drivers. He does a little bit of everything. And you have three crews out on the road now? Um, I have three full-time guys. Okay. Um, Two crews. I'll usually be on one. They'll be on the other. Okay. Um, we kind of split it up because we have a shop too. We do paint corrections, ceramic coatings. We're in the shop or in the field. Just depends on the day. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, did you want me to touch on the bronze steel wool? If you'd like, go right ahead. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I want to thank Dale for that because, you know, I think we talked about this in a past podcast. You can always learn stuff. I've literally never heard of bronze steel wool. And I'm so excited because I'm going to go buy some and not use steel wool anymore. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. It better work, Never have Dale. a chance of any rusty little particles floating around. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. So I want to thank Dale so, for that. That's a great, great comment. Um, again, before we get into I'm basically – I'm just going to let you roll for a little bit because today I think, again, we talked a little bit about this podcast for me is about encouraging people to uh, to keep moving forward, to keep fulfilling their dreams, whatever it may be. I don't care how big or small you are. I don't care if you're just now getting started. I don't care if you're three weeks into it, three years into it. If you're 30 years into it, like Paul and I, um, I think it's good for all of us uh, to, to build a like-minded community where we can all count on each other for questions and answers and, yeah. and suggestions. And But the one thing that I want to talk about a little bit, Paul, or I want you to talk about is the fact that I want people to know a little bit more about your background um, when it comes to Barrett Jackson. Um, how long has – so I do a little research on Barrett Jackson. I guess they've been around since around 1971. Yeah. And in your eyes, is it basically just a an auction? Yeah, so this was the first time I went. I just got back. Um, okay. It's an auction. They sell cars. They sell I mean, like high-dollar cars. They sell – they don't really sell just normal cars, mostly hot no, rides. And like I said, I told you we've been watching it on TV. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are familiar with either Barrett-Jackson or Mika Auto Auctions or some of the larger things that you see on TV. Yeah. But I don't think the average person gets to understand exactly what goes on behind the scenes. And so I'd like for you to touch on that a little bit, because as far as I'm concerned, it seems like that would be for some people a dream come true. 
that would be something that they would be they would want to fulfill on their bucket list or something they'd like to do in the future as a detailer. Um, just go into a little bit. Tell us how long you've been involved. Tell us how you got there and what you do while you're there and all that kind of good stuff. Okay, so I have a car collection I take care of. You and I talked about it before. Matranga Hot Rods. Um, Bob and Kent Matranga, father and son. They have about 45 cars now. Um, they had zero cars when I met them. They've been a client for 24 years. Okay. So they go almost every year and they've bought many cars there. They build cars. You know, a car they'll build could be two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000. They started going to Barrett Jackson and finding three and four hundred thousand dollar cars for two hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So these guys are car collectors. <clears throat> They've bought, I don't know, ten cars, fifteen cars in the last ten years. They'll call me, oh hey, we just bought three more. I'm like, cool. So it adds to our workload. But I always wanted to go and be part of finding what they're interested in, checking it out. Um, looking at every little inch, seeing what the condition is before they buy it. So I guess Barrett Jackson used to have a car show called Barrett Jackson Cup. They used to be in Reno and they would go and they would take two cars to show and then they'd buy other cars and then they'd come back. Um, so I guess Barrett Jackson quit doing the Reno show. And so their corp. Their headquarters is in Scottsdale. Scottsdale is where we were. That's their biggest auction. And okay. they decided to bring the Barrett-Jackson Cup back. So Bob and I and two of his other guys took his car, his 55 Chevy called Brute Force, to that show. And Bob likes me to travel with him when he takes the cars so I can keep them clean. Okay. And so we showed up. Um, it was the weekend before the actual auction started. This auction starts on Tuesday. We were there Thursday. Found out Monday we were in the top five. If we got in the top five, um, the car would have to stay there through the auction until the end of the auction to see who the winner was. So Bob said, if we win the top five, will you stay here with me at the actual auction? I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so the other two guys flew home Monday night. I stayed with Bob. Um, we got home Sunday. So it was him and I for like five days. So we went and looked at all the cars. There's probably a thousand cars for sale. Um, he was interested in a few. We spent hours looking at these cars underneath in the engine compartment, in the door jams, under the car, on top of the car, seeing what condition these cars are in. Cause there's a lot of so so cars are you know you got to know okay. what you're looking for um so we were there and i got to be with bob he was interested in a 54 f100 that was parked right near the car i was taking care of and we looked at this thing looked at this thing so it was going over the auction block friday him and i went into the vip section where he's a member um all you can eat, all you can drink free. We're sitting up there and the truck comes up and he starts bidding and there's a TV camera on us. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> so he ends up buying the truck and I got to be part of 
checking out the truck. I got to be next to him when he bought the truck. It was just a great experience. So I guess I would encourage guys, like I said, I've been detailing for Bob and Kent and their whole family for 24 years. And this is the first time I've been to Barrett Jackson with them. And it was so did a you real start highlight. Out, What's that? Did you start out with them as, as taking care of a collection for them? No, I would go to Bob and Elaine's house and do their three cars every week, had them on a monthly detail and wash every other week. And then I'd go to their office and do three cars. I did that for years. So just daily drivers? Yeah, six cars. Then okay. they started adding employee cars. The kids started growing up. I started doing all their cars. Bob and Kent started collecting cars. Um, we do their construction trucks. And so you can um, attribute a lot of this just basically to the relationship that you built with them from the very beginning as far as doing their daily drivers, correct? Yeah, as you know, and I would encourage guys. I mean, I know a lot of guys are very relational. I'm a very relational person. Um. I love what I do for my craft, but I love the people that I've been with for over 20 years. They're like family and they consider me like family. So you have all the trust, you know, I have a keys to their houses, gate codes, door openers. Um, you know, I want guys to create this family atmosphere. So it's just more than doing cars, you know, it's relational and it's, it's just the way I live, and I think it's just a great way to, to be in your business. That's awesome. And I think I think one thing that hits home for me when I think about your situation is kind of sort of like when you're just beginning a relationship with someone as, as a detailer customer, my dad used to always tell me, Brian, you never know who you're talking to. Yeah. And you really don't because you don't know what people's aspirations are, what their dreams are, and you don't know what they have in store for themselves later in life or what they're having in store for themselves now or whatever they're doing. And that relationship that you build with them, I, I guess I've always taken into consideration that I think cars for the most part are probably the second largest investment that people make. Yeah. And I use the term investment loosely because it's not really a good investment unless you're like, you know, Bob buying, you know, well, he'll tell you it's still not a good investment, but you've got the money and it's a good hobby. <laughs> Right? It's a fun hobby. Yeah. Yeah. It's what he tells me so, all the time. <laughs> what's the so while you're there, um you're basically still maintaining the vehicle while it's there? Yeah, so most of the time Bob and I were we'd get there early. I'd wipe down the car, um, keeping it looking immaculate. Okay. And then we had chairs there and we would sit and People would start coming in and they would start looking at his car. I You've seen pictures of it, right? Yes, absolutely. It's just a stunning, stunning car. It's such a – I'm so thankful to be the detailer for them and be the detailer on this car. It's just – it's a great – it's just so great. So all day long we would sit there mm. and people would come look and then Bob would start telling them all about the car and then I would start telling people all about the car. And they would find out I'm the detailer and they'd ask me about products and this and that. So we're just talking to people like you do at car shows and laughing and 
you know, COVID's loosening up, everyone's out, no one's thinking of work or bills. We're just there for cars. Right. And it was just really, really fun. And then we'd take breaks and go eat and go look at cars that are for sale. Um, it was a fun trip. So is it kind of just one big car show, but yet cars are for sale? I think a lot of people, yeah, you can go to Barrett Jackson, buy a ticket and go in and look at every single car for sale, even if you don't have a bidder's pass. It costs money to get a bidder's pass to actually be in the actual auction room okay, to buy. Um, but there's plenty of people there just go to see what's going on. And it's it was exciting. You know, hear the auctioneers talking fast and cars are getting up there and selling. Everyone's like, yeah, it was just really exciting and fun. I never experienced that. It was really cool. I read um, on average before COVID that, and I didn't dig too deep into it, but I read where it said that Barrett Jackson normally at some of the shows experience up to 60,000 people per day. Yeah. And uh, it just blows me away, those numbers, to think of how many people are out there looking at those cars and, and just... I mean, I know, and I told you the other day that my wife and I were actually watching it on TV a little bit, looking for you. I was looking for you. Did you and, get the uh, video I sent you? I did, but I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Oh, can't um, get to watch it. But it <laughs> I will. <laughs> and uh, But it's just, I think in terms, oh, okay, so do you know of any other detailers that go to the show? Do you get to talk to other detailers or no? Um, I don't know any, but I know... Ah, what's his name? It's another product line, and it just, I can't believe I can't remember. I know, I follow him on Instagram, and he was there. Okay. Taking care of a car that was in the show, but I never saw him. I was looking, Shine Supply. Oh, Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, Shine yeah, Supply. He okay. was there, and I was there, and I saw him doing his posts on Instagram. Like, I was looking for him, because I never met him. I wanted to meet him. So, okay. I know he was there for a few days. Which is interesting because that's the reason why I went to Atlanta over the weekend is because I was with a buddy of mine, Justin, who he's now the shine supply dealer that's for Atlanta. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, what a small Yeah, we were talking about that because he was watching the posts. Yeah, he was there. We were, we're probably him. right next to each other and didn't even realize. I don't know if he knows me, but it was funny. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, I was looking for him. But there was a lot of people there. And... I can't imagine there being 60,000 a day, man. That'd be, it was crowded, man. Well, I think I did read somewhere where it said that because of COVID and everything, that the numbers were extremely low compared to what they normally have been in the past. I'm sure they have limitations on how many tickets they can sell. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So in my eyes, I kind of see this as something that you you do that's kind of in a, I don't want to put it in a museum category, but let's put it into like a, a car collector's category. Do you find yourself, first of all, do you find yourself over the years, um, is that something that you try to get into or is it something that just kind of falls and you, you have to make a decision to do it? You know, let's say for instance, if somebody's listening right now and they're curious as to how you got into this part of the detail world that you, you know, separate from the other 
12 aspects of it that you take care of every day. Um, <laughs> what, how does this all come about for you? I would say I fell into it because like I said, I met Bob 24 years ago, 25 years ago now, 96. Um, okay. I remember when they both bought their first car and it's just kind of spiraled. Um, I mean, there's a lot of car collectors out there and, you know, some are willing to pay a detailer to maintain their car collection because it's a lot of work. Even if there's, you know, they have a, a big building where they store their cars and it's closed most of the time, but man, they get dusty and dirty and, um, it takes, it's a lot of work to keep everything looking clean. It's a lot of work. Um, I love it, but guys could get into it. You just got to find, you know, you got to find the car collectors that are looking for a detailer. So let's stay on the same topic because I don't want to veer too far off of it because I want it to be this kind of be like a, an episode about car collecting and, and the collections that you take care of. And do you do any museums? No. Okay. The reason why I'm saying this is because I, I've had tons of people reach out to me about your fleet work. And I think that should be another episode, but keep that in the back of your mind because people are interested. People are interested in what you do and why do you do it and how you got into it. Because uh, I talked to a gentleman earlier this afternoon and, and he said that, you know, he goes, I'm very seriously thinking about getting into some fleet work. And he asked me if I knew of anybody. And I said, yeah, I said, we'll do an episode on that with Paul Springer because he does fleet work. And I think that's another thing that people really want to know about how to get into. So while we're on the Barrett Jackson topic and we're kind of on the collector topic, is there, what, what kind of information do you want to share about that? That could be useful to someone who either hasn't done it yet or someone who's in the middle of doing a collection. So I think the way I, I approach every aspect of my business, whether it be fleets daily drivers, car collections, everything needs to be maintained. Everything gets dirty. Um, so, you know, if I, I like to cold call whenever I'm okay. going to new accounts. Um, I would encourage people to use their Instagram as their portfolio. You know, I post multiple times a day you see and you see yep. the array of what we do. Okay. So anytime I talk to anybody or anybody asks me for a card, I say, check out my Instagram. It's my portfolio. You can go back as far as you want to see what we do. So but, while we're um, at it, throw, throw out your Instagram right now. What is it? Instagram is Springer's Detailing. Um, okay. It's S-P-R-E-N-G-E-R-S, Detailing. And that's my okay. Facebook too. Um but I go at it, especially with fleets, as a maintenance. You know, think of the money people spend on car collections, um, fleet trucks. You know, everything needs to be maintained. Your house needs to be maintained. Everything needs to be maintained. Us, humans, need to be maintained. <laughs> need to be maintained. So, <laughs> Some of us do a better job of it than others. Yeah, and you know what? You can yeah. find fleet trucks that are just disgusting and they don't care. You can find car collections. I've, I... Years ago, a guy wanted me to take care of his collection, and I went and looked. He had 50 cars, and they had at least a quarter inch of dust on them. Oh. 
And that just tells me like, how could you let it get to that point? You know what I mean? So you still have to find people that care enough to maintain whatever you're going after. And you have to sort through people because a guy could have a billion dollars and a million cars and not care. Right. And you can find a guy that has makes $200,000 a year, has five cars and cares big time. Those are the customers you want. You want the customers that appreciate the work that you do and they kind of know what goes into it so that they can appreciate the amount of work that you have to do to take care of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For, for people who, you know, like their stuff and they like to maintain their stuff and take care of it. Um, it's an, usually it's an honor and a privilege working for those people because they do kind of understand what you do, but yet they do understand that you're a professional and you're doing a good job and that they love the results that you're giving them Yeah, and they appreciate that. Yeah. So. And then, you know, you're showing up early. Um, like I, with my car collections, I drive the cars, I park the cars. I mean, you're talking they don't have anything under a quarter million dollars. So there's giant trust there. Um, but anytime I do anything, it's parked perfectly. Um, clean up the floor if you make a mess, stuff like that. There's just a lot more to it than just showing up and cleaning someone's car. You know what I mean? Right, right. You don't cuss, um, dress appropriately, all that stuff. So do you find, do you find taking care of a a car that's in a collection. I mean, cause sometimes I think that the average person would look at that and go, well, I don't even know why you're cleaning it because it's, it's a collectible car and it, it looks nice. Do you find that sometimes that the amount of work that you put in is just the same, if not more, that's something that's really, really dirty because of what a person expects you to, to do. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a little bit, the level of expectation has been higher, usually. Yeah. Perfect example. Brute Force, the 55 Chevy we took to Barrett for the show. It's blue. You've seen it. Yep. If anyone wants to see it, it's on my Instagram all over the place. That was an eight-year – it took him eight years to build that car. So when the car was painted and the body went on the frame – that was probably three or four years. The body was on the frame. They're getting everything done, getting in the interior, this, this, that, and the other. So the car literally sat around for four years in a fab shop, in a paint shop, in an upholstery shop. We'd go over and clean it. While it was in pieces? Oh, yeah. It wasn't- yeah, we okay. detailed. Um, this is a so much. This is the best. Okay, These guys have a workshop with guys that build their cars. Okay. And, um, I told Bob, I said, I mean, cause this car is beautiful. You've seen the dash. I said, when you have the dash ready to go in, let me come over and paint, correct it. And then you guys wear gloves and install it. That way, when it's in the car and the glass is in the car, I don't have to try to paint, correct it. When there's upholstery around it, glass finished in the you know what i mean yeah we do pieces here pieces there the rolling chassis we detailed many times while it was just a rolling chassis wow but anyways so it was done last year 
we took a D Detroit Autorama in late February last year, right before COVID hit. Um, I went with them for 14 days. We drove four days to get there. I was with them in the hauling it in the trailer, but I spent a hundred hours on it before we put it in the trailer. You're talking undercarriage, inside. Now. I mean, because Brian, all I could think of is these six judges are going to be looking at not the whole car, but inside this and inside. You know what I mean? And the car yes. had to be perfect as I can get it. See, and Talk that's why. Challenging. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> that's why I love talking to you is because your experience, your experiences that you have, I think are so unique. And I think people need to hear it because it's it's not something that people get to talk about every day. Yeah. You know? And I think knowing that there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes and underneath, so to speak, that most people don't normally. I mean, you got to be honest, like a person like me that just does daily drivers, I don't think about undercarriages too much. Sure. You know? I mean, especially here in Ohio. I mean, I'm still... I get frustrated with the fabric wheel wells and, you know, that's, <laughs> but I mean, to think about the amount of man hours and the amount of time that you have to put into a car that's being built and then after it's built, and that's not the only car that they own, correct? No, there are about 45 cars now. Okay. So there's so much more that goes into a collector or a, a collector's edition, so to speak, that you need to do that I don't think a lot of people understand. And I think it's good knowledge for you to share with everybody because um, it can be useful for someone someday. Yeah. And like I told you, I think it was yesterday we talked, um, you know, I appreciate everything that you're saying. I, I appreciate your friendship and I appreciate the accolades. Um, Thank you. But like I was telling you, I'm like, man, I'm just me doing my thing. It just seems normal. And I'm glad I get to talk about it because I I tend to forget that others aren't really – not a lot of guys get to experience the things I'm doing in detailing. And, and I want to share with people because I want everyone to have the experiences I have. And, and I'm sure there's other people out there that I, – I think this is the one reason why I get so excited about doing what I'm doing right now is because getting to meet people like you – and meet people like Evan and meet people like just like the four guys that, you know, I interviewed over the weekend. Just different people from different backgrounds with different aspects of the whole of the whole industry. Yeah. And you don't necessarily get to talk to people who are I mean, if it weren't for podcasting and if it weren't for video and it weren't for the Internet, no one would know that Paul Springer exists and that what you're doing at Barrett Jackson or with Bob. Yeah. You know, other than the, the the tight circle around you. Yeah. And I just think it's super cool that people get to, we can now share this information and people can listen to you and realize that there's other aspects of the detailing industry that they may want to pursue. Yeah. And knowing that, um, knowing that there's, there's other people out there who've already been there, done that. And can help them, give them knowledge to move forward with whatever it is that they want to do. That's the big thing about this podcast that I love is the people who share their stories and they share where they've come from and what they've been doing and you know what they're doing now and why they're there. And 
it's just, it's super cool to me to hear all of it because, you know, like I've said over and over again, my story was when I first started, no one would talk to me at all. They, they didn't want to share anything because it was like, oh no, you know, you'll steal my clients. You know, I'm not interested in talking to you, you know, go away. And you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So the internet has changed that tremendously. And I mean, think about you and I being 3000 miles away from each other and some of the conversations we've had that wouldn't have otherwise been able to been shared. Yeah. It's for you and I at our age, it's fascinating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause we grew we up, didn't, we didn't have anything. I didn't know any, I thought there was a few detailers in the world and that was it back in the day, but it is fun and you meet a lot of great people and a lot of thankful people, you know, if you help them and yeah, I just think it's a great industry and I want to see it keep, keep moving forward positively like we're doing now. Yes. And I, uh, it's funny because I tell people I didn't have a, uh, I didn't get my first cell phone until I was 23 and it was a bag phone that I had to plug into the cigarette lighter. Yeah. <laughs> Remember those? You know what my first phone was? What? I think it was in 1990. Yeah. Cause I had my forerunner. I don't know if you've seen, I posted a lifted forerunner. I started in it was all the yeah. white Toyota forerunner 19. I think it was like an 85 or something. Anyways, it was the first phones in the car. You'd have the giant, like, stereo amplifier box you'd mount under the seat. Yeah. And then you'd have the actual phone set up here. And then since I was a mobile detailer, I mean, you're talking I had a bucket and a hose and an extension cord back then, right? I'd plug my hose into the, anybody that would let me use their water. <laughs> but my phone was hooked up to the horn. So when it rang, the horn would honk so I could run back to the truck and answer it. <laughs> you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I can't. That is prehistoric. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool, man. I was on my phone in my car like, dude, I'm the freaking man. <laughs> I was the man. <laughs> yeah, $500 a month, right? <laughs> Pardon me? Say that again. You'd be on it for like, you'd have like an hour of time for the month and be like 500 bucks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It wasn't unlimited. <laughs> there was no video. There was no pictures. There was no. this, it was just a- the whole thought of, of being in a car and calling and talking to somebody was like, man, was epic, man. Remember this is the stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Well, do you, um, do you have, if someone wanted to pursue a, a collection of cars, maybe they know about one and they wanted to pursue it. Um, do you just go about it in a normal direction? Like you would, you know, just conversation, starting to build a relationship with someone. Um, yeah. I mean, anytime you meet someone new, it's all about relation. You know what I mean? Right off the bat, right off the bat, people want to trust you and know you're a nice guy or whatever. Um, And I've encouraged guys in the past, like, go to your local car shows. Where are car collectors going to be on the weekends? Cars and coffee. We have cars and coffee out here every weekend. They're giant out here in California. Yeah. Um, Little car shows. You know, wear your shirt, wear your hat. Um, Let people know you're out there. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing about any venture is you got to be good at talking to people. And if you're not good at talking to people, go start talking to people until you get good at it. Right? Yes. 
I'm good at it now, but I've been doing it for a long time. Plus, I have my, you know, we're buried and I have my portfolio that people come to me mostly now. So, um, but people have to. So, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. I find it interesting because do you, uh, there's a lot of people who are trying to build, um, they're using Instagram as, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I mean, I, let's put it this way. I've never, ever gotten one customer from Instagram. Wow. Everybody I've ever had comes to me through word of mouth or Google business, but I've never have, I've never had anybody reach out to me through, through Instagram and want to have a detail. Wow. Is that odd for me or yeah. odd for you? Yeah. It happens okay. to me all the time. Does it? Okay. Yeah. So you're actually building a rapport with, with normal everyday customers. Yeah. But like I said, you know, anything you do, you want to be consistent. You know, I've talked about this with right. um, podcasts right. or I got a YouTube yeah. channel that I'm not consistent with. So, you know what? I'm not getting any results, right. but you want to be consistent. And so I try to do two or three posts a day. So people see what you're doing. They see you're busy. And then people DM you and ask questions. And then, you know, you'll get a job or two out of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Is but that your that consistency of posting everything you're doing all the time? Is that usually one of your number one ways that you, you advertise or put yourself out there? Yeah, I don't advertise. Okay. But what I'm saying is that's how you normally reach people through Instagram? That's my, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Do you uh, get a lot of people just seeing your your vans and stuff too, and stopping you? Yeah, my vans. Um, fact, I was going out to Fontana one Sunday morning to start my fleet account. I had my van in my trailer, and I got to Fontana, checked my Instagram. Some guy DM me, he goes, "Dude, I just saw your van in your trailer mobbing down the freeway." He's like, holy crap. That's, <laughs> he was just blown away. And I thought, for one, that's super cool. But the yeah. super cool thing was that he actually got on Instagram, looked at my, saw my, I have Instagram. I have everything on my vans, my name, number, my Instagram, my Facebook, my website. He actually took, he must have taken a picture. When he stopped driving, he got on Instagram, looked me up, followed me, and DM me. I thought that is so cool for someone to do. Nice, that. yeah, it was That's pretty awesome. cool. Never, he That's didn't awesome. really turn into a customer, but I thought for him to take the time to write that, I thought that was really cool. In the beginning, it goes back to you know, like my dad said, you never know who you're talking to, so you don't know where this may, you don't know where it may go, you don't yeah. know where this guy may lead you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. So sweet. So we touched on Dale. We talked about Dale. We talked about Barry Jackson. Um, we're definitely going to have to do a, a an episode basically, I think, from kind of start to finish to kind of fulfill some questions that people have for fleet accounts. Um, before we go, what do you uh, what else you want to throw out there? Um, I don't know. Just kidding. You don't know? <laughs> Just, I just encourage everybody, if you love detailing, to keep pushing forward. Um, 
you know, I remember starting out and doing stuff for cheap. Um, I guess I would encourage people don't get frustrated, keep pushing forward. You know, it takes, they say it takes three to five years to build a business that's going to last. And you got to be willing to do whatever it takes as a business owner. You know that. Right. Wake up early, go to bed late, do your Instagram, do your work, go to car shows. Um, you know, with the fleet accounts, if I see a, you know, there you see fleet trucks driving around. If I see somebody in one, I've approached the employees that drive them and I say, hey, you know, drive up in my van. We do fleet accounts. Do you guys have anybody? Because they'll tell you whatever you want to hear, right? Yeah. And they're like, no, we don't really have anybody. I'm like, can you give me the fleet manager's info? I'm going to call them. And they'll give me the fleet manager's info. So you just cold call them. That's nice. That's nice. It's always a and, way. There's always work out there and there's always ways to get it, but you got to be persistent. And you never know. Again, you never know who you're talking to. Yeah. And you never know what they're interested in or what they're not interested in. Yeah. And um, I think the one thing that I want to throw out here real quick before we go is the fact that if, if whoever's listening, if you're out there and you're on Instagram and you see something that you like, or you uh, you see work that you like, or a logo you like, or something. Don't be afraid to reach out to those people. Yeah, DM them. You know, um, send them a text or an email or whatever, and and reach out to them. I mean, I don't exactly remember. I think I reached out to you, and was probably scared to death to do it, because um, <laughs> that's how I roll. <laughs> Just me being me. That's funny. <laughs> Sorry, don't just me. <laughs> but this has turned out to be such a great friendship, yeah, and such a uh, such a neat thing for you and I to sit and talk. And knowing that you know we were born basically the exact same week, yeah, and we share, I think we share a lot of the past that we may not know about. You know, like probably eighties hair bands and you know things like that that we could probably talk about forever. Yeah. But, uh, it's it's super cool for me to be able to reach out to people. And that's what I encourage is, is there's a lot of new guys on Instagram right now that I'm finding that a lot of people are reaching out to me and saying, hey, you know, what is this? Is, yeah. is this a podcast? What do you do? How do I find it? What do I do? And, and then I'm building a relationship with them, which is super cool. And so if you're listening and, and you think there's somebody out there that you want to talk to, reach out to them and you never know what kind of friendship you're going to start. You never know what kind of relationship you're going to start. And you probably have questions, especially if you're just new and you're starting, you're probably going to have questions and these people may be answering for you. So I think that's, that's what a I great have. Tip. I think guys don't be scared to reach out to guys like me or Evan or anybody because yes. we are where we are because we've worked hard, but we're still the same guys as when we started, we know what it takes. We want to help people. We want to pay it forward. We love the industry. We want to see it succeed. And not only succeed, but I want to see the industry as a whole keep getting better and better and better. So everybody yeah. can make more money, do better work. And then, you know, we just all win. Yeah. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, It just yeah. is. So, well, Paul, listen, thank you so much for doing this tonight. Thank you again for being here and, 
and chatting and giving My people pleasure. some tips and advice and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we will definitely do this again. And um, but until we meet again, sir, please continue to share the shine. Thanks, and bud. We will. I'll reach out to you again, and uh, we'll talk at a later date. So, Paul, thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, reach out to us. Throw us an email, thedetailrag.com, or thedetailrag at gmail.com. Um, you can reach Paul at Springer's Paul. Detailing on Instagram. Springer's Detailing on Instagram. Reach out. Send us a DM. You have questions, DM us, email us, let us know, and we may, uh, we'll be able to get your uh, questions answered on the show. So, Paul, sir, thank you so much. Have a great night. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. All right, man. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just listened to another episode of The Detail Rag. Be sure to visit us at thedetailrag.com and detailersproducts.com. Thank you for being a part of the Detail Rag community and continue to share the shine.